Welcome back to the Quickfire Podcast. Uh, this is episode, uh, I believe this is episode eight of our kind of weekly show here on everything going on with Utah Valley Sports. I am Bridger Beal Savetko, uh, the sports editor for the UVU Review, and I'm joined once again this week by Nathan Farmer. Uh, how's, how's it going today, Nathan? I'm doing pretty good. Happy to be here as always. Um, another fun exciting week in UVU sports and happy to be here to talk about it yeah I I mentioned uh which episode number we're on because uh our podcast editor pointed out to me last week that uh I've I've skipped a couple episode numbers when I've sent the podcast off to be recorded uh when I've (laughs) named them so I think the last one we put out was episode seven but I think we skipped episodes three and six so um if you're out there listening and you're confused by this, uh, don't worry about it. We're just, we're confused. So uh, <laughs> we're just, uh, at, at this point, I think we're just kind of arbitrarily naming episodes. So I said it was going to be episode eight, but maybe we'll call it episode 10.5 or whatever. I don't know. I don't think it matters. So uh, we'll go ahead and get started, though. We've, uh, we'll kind of run through all the news and notes uh, as we do every week. Um, a lot of stuff going on here in the athletics department at UVU. Um, and then, uh, Nathan, you had a great idea for a, a new segment this week, kind of to, to celebrate the uh, opening day of, of Major League Baseball. Do you want to kind of explain what uh, what that segment's going to be like? Yeah, um, I had the epiphany as I was working on prepping for the podcast last night to talk about our favorite stadium foods, not necessarily ones that we would just get at baseball games, but just sporting events in general. I have a long list of favorites is probably going to be easier than I expect to narrow it down to three or five, but uh, it'll be fun to talk about that later. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, I know that you're a um, a San Francisco Giants fan. Um, have Have you watched uh, watched them at all in spring training so far this year? I've only seen highlights. I know that there's lots of uh, the young players have been tearing it up. Um, Elliot Ramos has been one of the top performers he's the i think technically the number two prospect for the giants maybe number three he's really exciting i'm looking forward hopefully to get to see him more um, in the major leagues this season Um, but aside from highlights i haven't really watched much Um, i have listened to a few games on the radio um, just as i'm like doing homework and stuff like that just to have something to listen to, but I haven't really watched much yet. Um, spring training games aren't that exciting in my opinion, but um, just listening to baseball is always a good time in my opinion. Yeah. yeah, I always get really, I always get super excited, obviously, about the beginning of spring training. Um, and it just kind of, I mean, it's the same with any preseason anywhere. Like you, the first couple games I'll watch and I'm always pretty stoked for. And then after a little bit, it's kind of like, Oh, they've most of these guys are like single A, double A players at this point. Like yeah. you get one, maybe two at bats with the MLB guys, and then get all those minor leaguers some experience and uh, some training. So I'm I'm definitely super excited for the regular season to start, so we can have some uh, some baseball that matters uh, coming up this week on on Thursday, right? I think that's opening day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm very excited for that. <laughs> 
Yeah, yeah, it'll be it'll be fun to see, and I, I think I'm excited to have at least some fans back in most major league ballparks. It seems like that'll be uh, even just for watching on TV at home. It'll you know add another layer of uh, hopefully normalcy uh, to to the major league baseball season. So, um, but yeah, we'll have that segment coming up after we run through the news and notes, uh, talking about our favorite stadium foods, um, and then we will talk about the Utah Jazz uh, how they've done this week and finish off with. Um, our what's next segment to get you guys all excited about up this next week in UVU sports. So uh, let's let's just get it started with uh, with baseball. Uh, Nathan, do you want to run through uh, kind of the baseball results this week? Yeah, baseball is on a winning streak. I mean, it's only only two games. Uh, they split their series with Northern Colorado over the weekend. They lost the first two, uh, but then won the last two. Um, I know we've kind of touched on it the last couple of episodes that they've just been having a rough go of it the last few weeks haven't really been able to get anything going uh, since the beginning of the season um but they finally broke that streak uh bobby bortmeyer pitched a great game in the uh streak snapping win on saturday uh, he pitched five and two thirds innings allowing one run run and striking out five in the victory um, they do have a really tough series coming up. They're uh, facing Grand Canyon. Um, I think we talked a little bit about them a couple weeks ago. Um, Grand Canyon has a really tough out-of-conference schedule. When I was looking at their schedule last night, I was like, I feel like this schedule looks familiar. And they scheduled almost the exact same non-conference opponents as BYU has scheduled. So I, I follow BYU baseball as well as UVU baseball. And I was kind of surprised, like, they played almost the exact same non-conference opponents and had just about the same record. Um, I know BYU played them, or excuse me, UVU played BYU last week. So it should be interesting. Obviously, it's they're two completely different teams, but um, they're comparable in that regard that they've played similar teams and uh, done about the same against those similar teams. So it should be interesting to see how they fare um, in that series on over the weekend. Yeah. Four games at home against Grand Canyon, right? It, here in Orem. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. 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 That'll be, I mean, UVU hasn't had a great start to the season, but at least, um, I mean, they, they've played some conference games, but we're kind of getting into the, the meat of the conference schedule. So at least there's maybe a chance for them to turn things around, at least in conference play uh, going forward. Um, do you want to run through uh, softball and then uh, women's soccer as well, Nathan? Yeah, yeah. And uh, moving on to softball, yeah, they uh, were swept over the weekend at Grand Canyon. Uh, the first game was an 11 to nothing uh, mercy rule loss. I think they ended the game after five innings. Um, but the last two were each decided by one run. Uh, the second game was three to two and the third game was two to one. So the, uh, softball team definitely showed some toughness and grit coming back after that, um, blowout loss, um, making it close. Um, obviously those one run games could go either way. Comes down to like one pitch, one at bat, anything can happen in those tight games 
moving on to women's soccer, they tied with Seattle U uh, two to two on Thursday, um, and then won four to one on Saturday, also against uh, Seattle. Um, they're now eight four and three on the season, um, and seven two and two in conference. Um, and they're currently tied for second place uh, with Seattle, uh, two points behind Cal Baptist in first. And uh, wrapping up with uh, women's volleyball, uh, they finished third in the WAC regular season. They're hosting the WAC tournament this week that runs uh, April 1st through 3rd, so, uh, this Thursday through Saturday. Um, and they're scheduled to play Grand Canyon on Friday in the semifinals. Um, and like we said last week, um, if they win this uh, conference tournament, I, I do believe that the NCAA tournament is still going on this season. Um, so they should, if they do win this tournament, they should uh, qualify for the NCAA tournament. Yeah, and it's it's kind of a smaller field for volleyball, right? I, I was looking at it and it looks like only five teams uh, in the conference are actually going to be competing. I don't know why. Uh, more schools aren't uh, involved. I don't know if it's, uh, you know, some of the postseason restrictions on newer teams in the conference or what, but um, I feel like that has got to really only help UVU, right? They just have to win two games to, or win one game to make it to the final and uh, kind of have a chance to to punch their ticket to the, uh, to the NCAA tournament. Yeah, and that, that's one thing um, we were mentioning. I don't know if this was on the podcast or after or before, um, but UVU has beaten every team in the conference at least once um, on the season, whether it be splitting a series or uh, sweeping both games. Um, so they've, they've definitely shown that they can beat any conference. and um, It definitely wouldn't be too far-fetched for them to win these two games and uh, win the conference tournament. Yeah, yeah, definitely. That'll be that'll be really fun to keep an eye on this week. Um, I'll, I'll kind of take things over and uh, move over to men's soccer, where uh, really yesterday kind of a, a surprise uh, breaking news came across that, um, you know, men's soccer head coach uh, Greg Moss announced his resignation from the school on Monday. Uh, Moss actually started the UVU soccer program back in 2013. Uh, since then, he's accumulated a 67, 44, and 10 record in uh, in his six seasons as head coach. Um, and he did take the team to an NCAA tournament in 2015, and they won the WAC regular season championship uh, the following year in 2016. Um, and and Moss also, you know, he had a, he had a few players that. Uh, racked up some, you know, All-American and academic All-American honors throughout his tenure as well, um, including a pair of academic All-Americans a few years ago. So um, associate head coach Michael Chesler is going to take over here as interim head coach uh, going forward after, um, you know, after Greg Moss's departure. But um, Nathan, I, I mean, I didn't see this coming. I don't know uh, how many people really did. Um, and again, like I said, he, he started the program in 2013. Um, I don't actually know him personally, but I know that he was a guest on uh, at least once or twice, I think, on the previous iteration of this podcast and uh, seemed, seemed like a really great guy here at UVU, uh, obviously a great coach and uh, seems like a great mentor to these players. Uh, 
Nathan, what do you think this means for the soccer program going forward? Um, I definitely think it's big shoes to fill. I mean, I, I'm not too familiar with the UVU soccer program. I mean, I've just barely moved out here a couple of years ago. I haven't really followed UVU sports outside of maybe like the men's and women's basketball before coming out here. Um, but I, I was really surprised and um, to see um, the success that he had had with the program in such a short time after starting the program. I mean, he started the program in 2013, and then just two years later, they were in the NCAA tournament, which is, I think, speaks volumes to the uh, quality of a head coach that he is. And um, I, I definitely think that's going to be big shoes to fill there at the head coaching position. Yeah, and uh, I don't know much about Michael Chesler um, as well either. He's been with the school for uh, four years, it looks like, um, as an associate head coach. So, um, you know, ho hopefully he brings a lot of institutional knowledge to the program, and that's something that can uh, can continue in his tenure. But um, the, the UVU men's soccer program really is kind of one of the premier uh, men's soccer Division One programs in the state. I... I know for a while, I should double check this, but I, I know for a while they were the only men's soccer program in the state of Utah uh, that was Division One, And um, I still think that might be the case. I don't know if Utah, BYU or uh, Utah State have, um, you know, they have women's soccer, but I don't know if they have men's soccer. So um, really kind of a, a uh, premier program out here in Utah, really thanks to, to Greg Moss. So, um, we obviously wish him the best going forward. Um, I know that he's, I know that he mentioned in the announcement, um, you know, he's he's uh, received a career opportunity near his his home in the Pacific Northwest, and um, you know, he's going to pursue that. So obviously, we wish the best of luck to him. Um, he's uh, really, you know, probably a UVU legend for for all that he's done for the soccer program, and um, you know, all that he's kind of set up. So. Uh, we'll keep an eye on that um, as they, you know, are probably going to look for uh, whether it's Michael Chesler or someone else that they try to bring in as as the full-time head coach. We'll keep an eye on that. But uh, obviously, wish the men's soccer program and uh, former head coach Greg Moss uh, all the best going forward. Um, we'll move out to men's golf really quick. They are, uh, we're recording this on uh, Monday morning, uh, Monday, March 29th. So, uh, this this may have already happened at the time you're listening, but we'll try and update you with the results next week. Uh, but the, the men's golf team is uh, set to face Seattle U today and tomorrow uh, up in uh, University Place, Washington uh, at the Chambers Bay Golf Course. Um, so that'll be happening today and tomorrow, and we'll, we'll try and update you with results uh, next week, as we said. Uh, and then finally, the, the track and field team um, it looks like they're off this week, but they're going to be in action on April 8th through 10th. Uh, so here in uh, the following weekend uh, in Arizona at the Jim Click shootout. So we wish uh, all those athletes the best of luck uh, in that invitational. But um, Nathan, let's uh, let's take a quick break and then we'll come back and run through our uh, favorite stadium foods.
All right, welcome back. Uh, Nathan Farmer and I um, are now going to run through our favorite, um, you know, kind of rank our, our favorite stadium foods. Uh, hopefully, uh, hopefully we can all, you know, be back in in stadium soon. I I do actually really miss, uh, you know, some stadium food is really great and some of it's not so great, but I kind of miss it all. You know what I mean? Sometimes you just need like yeah. a really uh, kind of crappy pretzel or something like it just really hits the spot. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But uh, Nathan, um, I'll, I'll let you run through your top three first, and then I'll go, I'll go afterwards. So I'll kind of give you the floor. Yeah. So uh, my top, my my first two are um, my two favorites to get at um, Giants games in uh, San Francisco. Um, the first one being the Gilroy Garlic Fries. Um, um, that's like one of the all-time, like most famous uh, food at Giants games. That and the crab sandwich. But I, the crab sandwich I've never had. I'm sure it's great, but I'm leaving it off my list because I've never had it. Obviously, um, but the uh, the garlic fries. Those are super good. I've been getting those since uh, probably since I was like four or five. Whenever my whenever I since I can, as long as I can remember, I've been getting those basically every single time that I go to a Giants game. There, uh, the the fry quality isn't the greatest. They usually are super soggy, but um, they're it just they just taste amazing, and it's just honestly a lot of nostalgia because it's just you get your you go to the ball game and you get your garlic fries. It's like the just they're they're one in the same, in my opinion. Um, and then another thing that I've um, just barely within the last couple of years uh, discovered at Giants games is there's a, a, a chicken nacho bowl at one of the places behind the scoreboard. There's if if you ever go to uh, uh, Oracle Park in San Francisco, the best place to get food uh, would be um, right behind the scoreboard in center field. They have there's like probably about 10 to 12 different um, eating establishments, anything you can really think of, they have it out there. Um, but yeah, the chicken nachos, those are really good as well. Um, and then my third one, I know this is a UVU podcast, but I'm going to pick something BYU related, and that is the cougar tail. Um, anytime, I, mean, I've, I went to a couple of BYU sporting events in the last year. I think I went to a football game and a basketball game. Um, and that was the one thing I had to make sure that I got because, I mean, where else can you get a three foot long maple bar? I mean, that's, I mean, you gotta get it. It's yeah. Those are my top three. <laughs> yeah. I, I've never, I haven't been to a ball game uh, out in San Francisco, but I'll, I'll have to keep those on my list, but uh, I can vouch for you. The, the cougar tail, uh, that was on my list as well. That's my, uh, probably my number two, uh, favorite stadium food, um, yeah, they're just they're they're so good and they're unique to, you know, I, I don't know any other ballpark where you can get anything like that. So I always go out of my way to to get a cougar tail if I'm at a, a BYU football or a BYU basketball game. Um, I love if I'm if I'm at a BYU football game, the um, especially some of the later ones in the year. If it's you know late October and November and it's maybe 20 degrees outside or something, you get the cougar tail and like a cup of hot chocolate and 
oh man the two of those together are, are, oh yeah oh yeah are the best <laughs> so uh yeah e excellent choice there um i'm gonna go for my uh this is this if i was ranking these this would be my number three uh favorite and it it kind of goes along with the you know uh, football games uh especially in late you know october or november um and but nathan i don't know if you've ever had those uh like they come in like a cone-shaped bag like a plastic bag those like kind of hot uh caramel almonds with like sugar and caramel coated on them um I, I don't know what it is about those that really hit the spot but those are those are pretty great have you ever had those i i've never had those but my sister always gets them at football games i haven't um I haven't been able to go to a, a football game with her since um before the pandemic and yeah I'm not I'm not sure where to get them but she knows where to get them so I'll, I'll have to ask her <laughs> or, or you too I mean obviously there's your your favorite too so yeah and yeah I don't know if BYU has them like freshly roasted um you know but I, I know that some places like you can buy them like right off the cart you know and they're just like almost too hot to eat right when you get them um just this giant bag of like warm gooey caramel and almonds so um especially yeah in, in football season um those are uh, those are pretty great so you'll have to try those next time you're you're at a, a byu or some other football game sure. um for my yeah my final one my, my favorite thing at any ball game is uh, I don't care where it's from. I don't really care what they put on it, but it's just any type of bratwurst. Um, I, I'm not a huge hot dog person, um, but but you know, a good like bratwurst with with sauerkraut and mustard um, is like one of my favorite foods in the world. I could uh, just sit and watch a baseball game and eat bratwurst like every every day of my life and never be <laughs> never be disappointed. So. Um, I, I don't know. I don't know if I have a favorite at a stadium. I've had a few different ones. Um, again, I know it's a UVU podcast, but uh, BYU BYU football doesn't have have bratwurst, and that's always I'm always kind of um, bugged by that. They have Polish sausage and hot dogs, but I uh, the David Lavelle Edwards Stadium gets uh, bratwurst. That's gonna that's gonna be a really good day for me. Yeah, I know that um, at least as far as hot dogs go, I know this is a little bit different. But they're, depending on like the vendor, uh, sometimes they'll just boil them. Which honestly, I mean, how can you just how can you boil hot dogs at a stadium? I mean, it's just like it's sacrilege in my opinion. You, you got to have them. You got to have them grilled. I mean, obviously, it's a lot harder when you're feeding, you know, tens of thousands of people, but. You, you gotta grill the hot dogs it's or bratwurst too i mean it's just yeah that that's one of the reasons i don't usually i steer clear of the hot dogs at stadiums is just because they don't they don't cook them the right way and <laughs> yeah yeah no i've always had the same thought too like just uh just throw a, a grill in there and uh i mean yeah you don't need to doesn't need to be too fancy or anything just something not yeah, not like boiled or some of the ways they cook them. So, yeah, uh, yeah. I, I agree with you there. But, um, well, let's, um, Nathan, thanks, thanks for um, coming up with that idea. That was, that's a fun thing to talk about. I've never thought to, to rank those, but um, it's, it's getting me excited to go, uh, go back into a ballpark more. 
Um, have you ever been to a, a bees game or, or an owls game here in uh, Utah? I guess the owls moved, but the bees are still in Salt Lake. Uh, yeah, I went to a bees game. I think it was uh, summer of 2019. I'm trying to remember what it was. It was some, some it was 2018 or 2019, uh, pretty recently. Um, I only only been to the one though. I didn't ever go to a owls game, unfortunately, before they they moved out. Yeah, I yeah, know. I'm I'm hoping that uh, hoping that the bees are going to allow allow fans in because. Uh, that's that's something I missed last summer is just just going to a ballpark and so yeah this conversation has definitely made me made me more excited for yeah. that so <laughs> yeah uh, but all right well let's um let's get over and let's talk about the the jazz real quick um seems like they had a pretty good week uh by my estimate of things um I know last week uh, I think both of us predicted them to lose to the Nets but win the other three um, including the game against the Cavaliers, which uh, will happen tonight. Um, I, I, Nathan, I, I know on Twitter you um, you kind of commented about uh, picking the Nets to win and not realizing that half their team was was out, and I kind of did the same thing. And uh, I think it was still a good win. I, I think it was uh, obviously I don't know not not the game that you want. I guess like I don't know. I guess it makes sense if you're the nets and you need to rest some guys or have some guys out but um kind of disappointing in my opinion to be honest not to be able to kind of gauge the jazz up against the nets if you know what i mean yeah for sure yeah i mean i i was looking back i i listened to our podcast the other night and i was i honestly i hadn't paid attention to how the jazz had done earlier in that week and then when i i looked at the the score of the game, I was really surprised. I was like, wow, they they really played well. And then I looked closer at like the box score and everything, realized, oh, Kevin Durant's still out hurt. Kyrie is out with a, I think he had like a personal matter that he had to go uh, leave and attend to. And then they're arresting uh, James Harden. So, and that's their, that's their big three out right now. I mean, the rest of the team, obviously they're not, um, they're not any slouches, but it's, they're not the same quality as those three. And they're that's kind of that's obviously this the focal point of their team right there. Uh, so yeah, we 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 didn't really do uh, enough research there. I think um, if I think we they had already announced KD and uh, Kyrie weren't going to be playing, but I think even with just James Harden, I think they, we would have known. That they the jazz could have taken them um yeah yeah well and, and obviously we should always preface this by saying don't uh don't actually listen to our advice if you're putting real money down on any of these games oh, oh yeah yeah for sure um because um we don't do research for this we you know all the U, all the uvu stuff we're uh, we're trying to stay up to date on and uh do our research there but for the jazz uh we are other than following the nba and the jazz uh, we're not we're not doing that much research, so uh, don't don't expect that from us, I guess. Um, yeah. But Nathan, I um, like, I don't know. I, I know that they had some injuries for the Nets on uh, Wednesday last week, which is why they couldn't play. Um, and I, I'm totally, I'm all for like load management. You know, take care of players, let them get healthy throughout the season. Um, you know, it's it's, just, it's better for everyone. I, I want guys to stay healthy. I want. 
I want him to be kind of 100% come the playoffs. But I, I do think it's kind of a problem in the NBA sometimes when you have like a big marquee matchup like this, which I think I'm pretty sure this game was on ESPN on Wednesday night, the Nets and the Jazz. And, you know, not only do you have, you already have half your team, you know, are, are, you know KD and Kyrie are, are out, but then to, to sit James Harden, I, you know, I, I get where the Nets are coming from, but I think it's also kind of a problem for the NBA, right? Like, I, I think this would have been a way better matchup and, um, I don't know. Do you, do you see this as a problem to, to kind of rest guys on, you know, marquee games or things like this when uh, they otherwise could be playing? Um, I, I think it, <clears throat> I, I think it's definitely a problem. I, uh, I'm not sure how they can rectify it without kind of overreaching. I know they've tried to, they put some, uh, stipulations in place recently uh, within the last couple of years to prevent uh, teams from just resting players. I think they have to have a reason uh, like they can't rest them at more than a like two games at a time or something. I don't remember what they specifically came up with. Um, but I think it's, 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 it would be really hard to manage it as as far as um, making sure teams are actually playing their players and not just resting up for the playoffs. Um, I I think it would just be too hard to um, hold teams accountable, I guess, to make sure that they're being honest with what they're – like the injury reports and stuff like that. Um, I know there's been times like – I think it was like with the Clippers with Kawhi Leonard, they kind of not not, not necessarily made up a, an injury, obviously, but they kind of just told they like said that he had back tightness or something like that, and you can't really prove otherwise if he actually does have back tightness or something. Um, so it's it's I think the NBA is doing the best they can. It's it's really it's really they're in a tough position to make sure that they're I mean they're trying to balance um, <clears throat> their star players being uh, healthy for the playoffs in the big money maker portion of the season as far as like uh, when the most fans will be watching those games and making sure that their marquee matchups on a Wednesday night in March are still holding up to their billing yeah yeah and, and that makes sense i mean it is a hard thing to do and and again i'm i'm all for teams like i don't even know if i care that hey if you even have an injury like you know I, it's it's got to be tough to be an nba player uh be in the spotlight all the time like even man if you just need a night off or your mental health or whatever i'm i'm all for that but uh just seems like a lot of times uh the games that are again like just big big matchups uh, like, um, you know, a national TV game between, you know, maybe the best team in the East and the best team in the West. Um, and, but you're missing a lot of guys. It's just, it's kind of a bummer, but I, I get that it's a hard thing to, um, to do when, when you do want to take care of, care of your players and stuff. So, um, but yeah, as, as I said, we're recording this uh, Monday morning. Um, 
I'm going to assume that the Jazz are going to win tonight. Uh, I'm just going to go ahead and pencil that in. So uh, I think we both um, underestimated the Jazz last week when we picked them to go three and one. Uh, but let's let's look at their their schedule this week. Um, they're playing at the Grizzlies on Wednesday. Um, that's kind of a weird scheduling quirk. I, I know it's the way the NBA has done the schedule this year, but three of the last four games will be against the Grizzlies for the Jazz. Um, I know sometimes you'd have back-to-backs or, uh, you know, two out of three games against the same team before, but um, I think it's always kind of weird to see these, like, you know, three out of four games stretch against the same team. I think that uh, it's kind of a hard hard turnaround to see that team so often. But um, so uh, Wednesday at the Grizzlies and then uh, back home on Friday against the Bulls. Uh, the Bulls are 19 and 25. Uh, they're currently in the 10 spot in the East. Um, and then they have a back-to-back and play Saturday at home versus the Magic. Uh, the Magic are 15 and 31 and 14th in the East. And then finally, uh, next Monday night, they play at the Dallas Mavericks, uh, who will currently hold that eighth spot in the West at 23 and 21. So um, both those games, uh, the games against the Grizzlies and the Mavericks, I mean, these could be a potential uh, first-round playoff uh, matchup for the Jazz, depending on how things shake out with the with the playing games and everything. But uh, Nathan, I'll let you go first. Uh, what are your uh, what's your prediction for the Utah Jazz this week? Um, there, there are definitely some interesting matchups. I mean, the the Jazz they they played the Bulls uh, about a couple weeks ago, I believe, or actually a week ago today on the Monday, the twenty second. Um, and they won by 35 points, but that was over the trade deadline. And the Bulls did kind of overhaul their roster a little bit. Um, I know they got uh, Nikola Vucevic. Um, I think he he played for the he played for the Magic, right? Yeah. Yeah. The Bulls they got um, Bulls got Nikola Vucevic from the from the Magic, and um, I think that that definitely uh, changes how they're team functions a little bit um should be i mean i i don't think busevich is going to over help overturn what was a 35 point loss uh just last week but um i think that that game should be a lot closer and it should be um more uh exciting down the stretch um same thing with that grizzlies game too um i we, we were talking a lot about earlier um a couple weeks ago about with the basketball and the whack how the the back um kind of favored the lesser teams in the conference in the whack with their um getting the uh second winning the second game of a of those back-to-back series so i think there might be a little bit of that there that being the grizzlies they've seen the Jazz two times in the last week. Uh, the first game was uh, a lot closer than the second game. The Jazz won the first game by three, and then the second game by 16 against the Grizzlies. Um, so I think the fact that it's on the road, I think that game could be more of a toss-up. Um, but I, I think I'll pick um, uh, excluding the Cavaliers game, because I think we both think that they're going to win that game tonight. Um, obviously, they're you know some, if they do lose this game, somebody's going to pull it back up and 
roast us on Twitter or something about it if <laughs> uh, uh, yeah really really bad takes stuff like that yeah, no no research uh, right so we can always just yeah, yeah. experts yeah we're furthest thing from experts we're just fans um yeah <laughs> I, I think I think I'll pick them to go three and one uh, this week as well um I think that the Mavericks game a week from today as well has trouble has potential to be trouble on the Mavericks they're one of the they're one of the up-and-coming teams in the conference uh, with Luka Doncic and uh, that whole team there they're um, definitely a really tough matchup um, uh, I wouldn't be surprised I'm not I'm not going to pick which games specifically I think they will win those middle two games against the Bulls and the Magic but I think they'll drop one of the two against the Grizzlies or the Mavericks this week. Yeah. Okay. Well, I um, I agree with a lot of what you said. I, I think I, I would hope that the Bulls and Magic games are are pretty easy. Um, again, like you said, the Bulls with uh, Vukovic and um, you know and Zach Levine. That that's not a bad duo, but um, that still shouldn't uh, shouldn't be a loss, especially at home. Um, you know, I, I I think I'm going to pick the Jazz to go two and two this week, um, and I think they're going to win both the home games and drop the games at the Grizzlies and the Mavericks. Um, I don't know if I feel great about that. I, I do think, man. I, I mean, I think they could really easily go four and zero this week. I don't think it's, you know, they're not going up against. You know, the best team they're going up against is the Mavericks, and they're the eighth, eighth seed right now. <laughs> but um, I, I just think given how I think the fact that they've seen the Grizzlies twice already, um, you know, they'll, they'll, this will be the third game against the Grizzlies in five days. Um, is that right? Yeah, five days. So uh, that's going to I just think that's always going to be a tough a tough draw for them. Um, hopefully, Quinn Snyder's got some, you know, some counter um, schemes going on to counteract whatever the Grizzlies are trying to do. But, um, yeah, I, am going to go two and two this week. Uh, don't feel great about it, but you know, if, if they do do better then uh, Hey, that's a win-win. So, um, Nathan, I think we've got like a, do we have like a month, a month or so left in the NBA season? Um, I think it's a little bit longer. I'm looking at, uh, NBA schedules right now and it looks like the last game, in the regular season is May 16th for most teams. I'm not sure if that's every team. I'm looking at the Jazz. I had the Jazz schedule and the Mavericks schedule pulled up, and they're both ending on May 16th. Okay, so we got like a, a month and a half. Um, yeah. So so here, here's what I'm thinking. I, I know we've been kind of calling uh, results uh, since we've been doing this show, um, but... Uh, what if, what if starting starting with this week we we really uh, keep track of of how many games we each pick right and uh, you know add, add them all up and see and see who's got a higher score at the end of the regular season. Okay, yeah, I, I like so, that. Cool. Um, I don't uh, I don't know if we want to put anything too serious down on it, but um, you know may, maybe if if you end up winning. Um, I'll change my my Twitter profile picture to a you know a, a Warriors player of your choice or something like that, and, and maybe you can do the same for the Jazz if I if I pull it out. 
All right, sounds good. <laughs> nothing, nothing too serious, but um, yeah. cool. So you've got three and one this week. I've got two and two. Um, do should we call uh, like have to call each individual game or just the result each week? Would you say? Ah, that that's tough because I mean I don't, especially with this week, I'm not too uh, certain about like which game they're gonna lose, but I do think they will lose one. I, I think it would be. I think it'd be easier to keep track of if we just did the um, end result of each week, as far as their games. Um, I think that'd be the easiest to keep track of, um, not each individual game. Okay, I agree. So you've got three and one. I've got two and two, and uh, we'll we'll check in next week. So. Um, but yeah, let's. Um, I, I I believe that's kind of uh, all the all the jazz and all the UVU news that we've got. Um, as always, uh, we'll kind of wrap things up with a what's next uh, segment, and uh, I'll go ahead and start with this one, Nathan. Um, I'm going to pick the uh, men's soccer game this week. Uh, we talked earlier extensively about you know the departure of of Greg Moss. Um, men's soccer hosts San Jose State this Wednesday night. Uh, at 7 p.m. here at Clyde Field, um, and so I'm going to pick that as my what's next. Just the first, you know, first chance to see in UVU history the first time that we'll see them not coached by uh, Greg Moss. Um, kind of see how how Michael Chesler manages the squad and uh, you know how well they perform uh, in in the light of all that. So so that'll be my pick. Uh, what are you looking forward to, Nathan? Um, I think I'm actually going to pick two things, if that's okay. Um, Do it. I'm going to, all right. Um, I'm going to pick the uh, women's volleyball team. Uh, they're hosting the WAC tournament, as we've said uh, the past couple weeks. Um, they're hosting the WAC tournament this week. Uh, it, um, obviously, I, I, I've tried to figure out how the NCAA tournament is working this year as far as the women's volleyball tournament goes. If they do win the tournament, the uh, the WAC tournament, uh, UVU should qualify for the NCAA tournament if it's working how I think it's working. I'm, I'm still not 100% certain. I haven't been able to find definitive answers to that. Uh, but my second thing is I'm, I'm really excited for the uh, uh, baseball team this week. I think they've, uh, they've turned the corner. I think they can... Uh, start winning a bunch more games. Uh, obviously we talked about the, their series this weekend against Grand Canyon is a pretty tough one. Um, but I think they'll, they'll at least split uh, with Grand Canyon now that they have, uh, now that they have that, that monkey off their back, so to speak, uh, as far as that losing streak goes. And I think they'll uh, start to turn things around as the conference season gets going. Yeah. Yeah. Both, both really great choices. Um, I, the, the baseball team would have been my second pick as well uh, if it weren't for uh, weren't for all the the soccer stuff going on. So um, that'll be a lot of fun to watch. Uh, as always, we're going to have coverage yourreview.com. Uh, make sure to check all that out. Uh, most most of the games, especially now that we're in conference season, are are going to be streamed on the WAC Digital Network. So I, I highly encourage uh, everyone tune in as as often and uh, as often as you can to to follow these teams. Uh, you, you can follow me on Twitter at uh, Beal Bridger. Uh, Nathan, what's your Twitter handle again? 
Uh, my Twitter handle is at YLF underscore, and you can read my work in the UV review. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, thanks everyone for listening. Uh, we, we really do appreciate it. Uh, make sure that you're staying safe out there. Uh, be respectful, uh, wear your mask and uh, get vaccinated if you can. And we will talk to you next week.